With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Carol Francis, and we are so glad to have our guest with us today. Our guest today on on air is Fred Hahn. Hello, Fred, are you there? Yes, I am here. How are you? Oh, good timing there. I was a little bit concerned. How are you doing? Okay, I think I just dialed. I was dialing some other number, you know. I don't know what I, I, don't know <laughs> okay. what I did. <laughs> hey, I'm so glad you're here, and that's what happens on, on a live radio show here. Frederick Hahn, everybody, I want to introduce you, has written another book, Strong Kids, Healthy Kids. You have a passion, Fred, while I'm reading your book, that quite clearly is indicative that we no longer should at all put up with children being obese, overweight, or unfit. It's just not necessary, unhealthy, and it's just so easy to remedy. So walk us into your program. Let us know what this revolutionary program is that helps children become fit in 30 minutes a week. Well, you know, it's interesting you say the word revolutionary because uh, in a lot of ways uh, things that are revolutionary uh, were really things that uh, always were, for example, um, okay to do, safe, and very effective. So, for example, uh, back in the early uh, 1900s, even in the late 1800s, uh, weightlifting, uh, weightlifting or resistance training or strength training, as I call it, uh, because strength training gives it a more positive tone, uh, was um, commonly used to increase the strength and health of children. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. way back when, it, women generally were not, uh, uh, you know, uh, recommended to do it. But of course, we know that that's just silly. Um, Thank and, uh, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Thank goodness. Yes. That's right. Thank goodness is right. Um, but um, thankfully, through a lot of uh, research that's been done recently by doctors. Uh, Wayne Westcott, Dr. Avery, uh, Dr. Avery Fagenbaum, we now know, uh, that's just to name a couple, uh, that weightlifting not only is safe, uh, all the myths you've ever heard about weightlifting, damaging growth plays, stunting growth, those are all untrue. In fact, the opposite is true. Weightlifting is, is powerfully effective uh, at, uh, for children uh, of any age uh, for increasing bone mineral density, increasing muscular strength, increasing muscular endurance, increasing resistance to injury, improving mood, and many other benefits um, that are associated with uh, other forms of activity as well. So we know that, um, uh, and, and one of the beauties of resistance training is that for obese children, mm-hmm. resistance training is the only form of exercise that's been shown in research to make a improvement in overall uh, body mass index and uh, body fat. So normally where we would think, oh, the child is over fat, they're inactive, they need to be more active, that's not the case at all. In fact, research shows that obese, obese children are just as active as their lean counterparts. It's not, that, 
I know, and, and it's something that sort of floored me when I was doing research on the subject, and mainly I, I got interested in this because I have two daughters myself, and I did not want to, you know, obviously the, the, the fate of uh, so many other young children who have become mm-hmm. obese and diabetic to happen to my children. So it's yeah, very important to look into this. So um, I know I'm rambling on a little bit. but Oh, no, that's what you're here to do. You know, you have a very interesting term you've used, already, and that's the term over-fat. And you explain that in your book, uh, Strong Kids, Healthy Kids. Let's go into that for just a moment. That's an excellent term. Right, and that's an excellent question. Over-fat, I use the term over-fat because the BMI scale, which is called the body mass index, doesn't necessarily tell us whether a person, a child or an adult, has too much fat on their body. So, for example, I'm 5 foot 11 inches tall and weigh 185 pounds. According okay. to the PMI scale, I am just on the cusp of obesity, yet my oh, body fat percentage is 10%. Oh, my goodness. And that's because that's a good I illustration. Right, and I have a lot of muscle on my body, whereas some children are very heavily, uh, they have a lot of bone density genetically. Their skeletons are large, and their body mass index might have them over uh, the limit for body mass index, yet they're not, they're not really over fat at all. What they are, what children are, are not overweight per se, but over fat. So we need to know, are they sporting too much body fat, not too much body weight? Um, Well, can I just take a moment? I know you don't mention this in the book that I I could find, but you, you have mothers and fathers that are listening to you right now wondering if they or their children qualify uh, and, and then, of course, they can go get, you know, amazingly complex body composition tests done. But if you're not going to use the BMI, do you have another method or methods that you think would just alert them to the recognition that they are over fat or their child is over fat? Well, yes. I mean, one of the things that you can really use is to uh, take a look at your child's body and be honest. That okay. would be the fastest and safest way to take a look and see if, in fact, your child is over fat. It'll be obvious okay. to you, and you have okay. to be honest with yourself. Or you can do a waist circumference, and uh, depending oh. upon the child's height, the waist circumference, uh, and uh, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, so I can't say right off the bat okay. what those numbers are, but you can look those up online, and that's another okay. simple test that you can do as well. But Okay. And that'd be that'd be recommended. Now you mentioned also that weight training in your book is considered the same as strength training and resistance training. Yes. Uh, can you go in, into that a little bit? Sure. Um, the type of exercise that we we commonly refer to as weightlifting would be to to pitch your muscles against the resistance, whether you're doing push-ups, which would be your body weight, okay. or whether you went in. You know, when I was a kid, my father bought me a set of those those vinyl barbells. Yes. You know, they were made of concrete inside, so you can use yes. what they call free weights. Yeah. Or you can go into a gym like a YMCA where they have machines. It really doesn't matter whether you use your body weight or free weights or machines. What matters is that you are using a resistance that challenges the muscles of the body for a period of roughly 60 to 90 seconds. So that Oh, Really? Yeah, so that at that point, the muscles are exhausted, tired enough so that if you attempted to do another push-up <clears throat> or if you attempted to do another sit-up, of course, in good, slow, controlled form, and we can get into that in a minute, um, you would be incapable. The muscles have run out of gas, so to speak, 
And we call that, and we tell the children, that's called reaching muscular success. So if you do push-ups, and you can do five push-ups, but you can't do six, even though you, you bribe the kid and say, hey, you'll get an extra movie to watch tonight if you can do that sixth repetition, that sixth push-up, the child literally couldn't do that. And that's not unsafe. Reaching the point of muscular success is very important because it ensures that all of the available muscle fibers in those particular muscles being worked have been stimulated to become stronger and more enduring. Interesting. So, again... Weightlifting, strength training, resistance training, many names that are, you can call it by many names, but essentially the, 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 the essential element is stimulating the muscles that are working to a point of deep fatigue so that a strength growth response is initiated. Beautiful. And then you have this revolutionary process, which is about moving very slowly, which is safe. Can you move into that? Yeah, well, there, there are, if you take, take, a, take a look at the sport of football, you know, many people love the sport, it's a great sport, but it's dangerous. And oh. it's dangerous because of the high force nature. And okay. the way you create high force is to move your body really, really fast. Okay. So when we're talking about safety, um, perhaps people who are listening know the difference between karate, which is very fast, very harsh, very powerful, okay. and tai chi which is very slow, very controlled, and very focused. So we, we often refer to my system, which I call the slow burn system of strength training, as the Tai Chi of weightlifting. Oh, interesting. Right. So you can effectively and safely strengthen the muscles and strengthen the bones of the body without punishing the body at the same time. Very interesting. Right. And now, what, American, what? Sorry, go ahead. Please. No, no, please, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say the American Pediatrics Association and many other uh, health organizations are always stressing that while strength training is safe for children, we know that that's true, how you perform your strength training exercises makes a difference, and of, of course it does. So if we're going to strength train a child or even an adult, we want to make sure that the, that the, the way in which the method that we use is as safe as possible all the while being effective. So even if training with weights really fast and really quickly, which some athletic trainers advocate and which I strongly, in my book, I talk about the reasons why parents should never allow their children to be uh, put in athletic training programs or uh, strength and conditioning programs where the children are being, I call it abused, but being Mm -hmm. asked to move very violently and very quickly with weights. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how you get injured in football. That's also going to how you how you're going to get injured in weightlifting. Got uh, it. You know, so the, the you know, as I always say, slow and steady wins the race. Wonderful. You know, one thing I really appreciate about your book, Fred, is that it's so usable. It's it's like a manual for parents. And so, as a parent, I was going through it, saying, "Okay, you know, how would I modify what my children do physically?" And one of the things that uh, I appreciate is your photos and the variations of what you offer uh, in terms of exercise, and yet they're very doable exercise, both with weights and without weights. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I tried to make it so that the the book could literally be, as you said, a manual so that the trainer, I'm sorry, the the parent or the caregiver could actually be the child's personal trainer. Because the truth is is that, that for strength training to be powerfully effective, 
It does not have to be complicated. It can be simple. It can be time efficient, and um, and obviously it can be made to be uh, uh, extremely safe. So I, I, you know, I tried to keep out of. I tried to keep all of the, the as I call, physio babble and complicated, uh, uh, you know, physiological reasons behind it. All I do mention some of it, but. What I wanted to do with the book is get down to the nitty-gritty so the parent of the caregiver could get right to the program, understand the basic concepts, and start letting the child and the adult feel the benefits right away. Well, Fred, can you give our listeners then a chance to be able to implement your program within five minutes after listening to this radio show, <laughs> as well as pick up your book, which is advertised on the radio show? But you mentioned repetition, Seth, and then you have a series that you uh, strongly recommend. Can you walk us through a program you'd advise? Oh yeah, sure. Well, the um, uh, I'm not sure how much how many people are aware of the, the exercises that I'll mention, but for example, one of the easiest ones to do is what we call uh, the body weight squats, where you would literally just stand straight with your knees slightly bent, stick your arms out in front of you, straight out in front of you. And then you'd very, very slowly kneel downward so that your hips were, uh, your knees were behind your toes. And you would slowly, in the count of five, let your hips go downward until you were slightly below parallel to the ground. Pause. And then very, very slowly rise back up to that almost completely straight position. Slowly lower back down to that slow um, parallel position again. Pause. And you would continue. So you're using your body weight as the resistance. You would continue that motion until the legs were starting to quiver and quake and were so tired that you would have difficulty, let's say you were on your eighth repetition, that you'd have difficulty rising from that eighth position again. And you can put a stool underneath the child's um, hips so that the hips can touch the stool and then if they get very tired they can just sit down and we recommend that for adults as well, or a bench or <clears throat> or something of that nature. Push-ups are another, are another good example. The child okay. sits on their knees, puts the hands shoulder-wide, keeps the back straight, and very, very slowly lowers their body down to where the chest, I'm sorry, the forehead touches the ground. We put a little mm-hmm. pillow or a towel there. Very, very slowly push themselves back up to where the arms are almost straight but not quite. Very, very slowly. So rather than just thrusting upward and dropping downward, using a lot of momentum to aid the movement on the way upward and just letting gravity do all the work the way down, which does not stimulate the muscles as well, nor and which also produces too much force on the joints, by moving slowly and steadily, um, the, uh, the muscles will reach a deep level of fatigue. And then you only need to do one set. Once you've reached that level of fatigue with the squats, with the push-ups, you then move on to the next exercise. And that next exercise might be the abdominal crunches. And then you would lie on your back with your knees up and put your hands uh, in front of you. And then very, very slowly you're crunching your chest up towards your knees. Fingers go past the knees. You pause and very, very slowly roll back down onto the shoulder blades. Without a rest, rise up again slowly. And... Do the same thing. You would continue until the muscles were completely fatigued, and then you would move on to the next exercise, which might be um, the uh, shoulder presses, where you're pressing your arms overhead with uh, either water jugs 
a jug filled with water, and you can mark the weights on them or light dumbbells, say two pounds, or depending on the size of the child's five-pound dumbbells, and that develops the strength. And you would do that in the same way, and that develops the strength of the arms. The thing is, is that you have to make sure that the amount of resistance that you have is adequate to stimulate the muscles to grow stronger. And science tells us that that means that the resistance should challenge our muscles to that point of muscular success within about 60 to 90 seconds. So if you had a two-pound dumbbell, let's say, and the child was doing an overhead press exercise to develop the shoulders and the arms, and they could continue to press upwards slowly for well past 90 seconds, they would probably need a three-pound dumbbell or maybe a four-pound dumbbell. So okay. re- resistance is, adequate resistance is, is required. You have in here a quote that says, the heavier the weight or resistance, the shorter the set will last. The lighter the weight, the longer the set will last. And finally, the more you perform a repetition, the fewer total repetitions you will need to do in a set. Um, that That is kind of your... Uh, motto, so to speak, or overall outline to being able to work with resistance and set repetitions. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, that's, all, all I'm saying in the book is exactly what research on the subject of resistance training <clears throat> tells us to be true. So okay. very little of what's in the book is actually my opinion. There are a few things here and there, the way in which we teach the children to do things, muscular success rather than calling it you know, fatigue and things like that. Yeah. But for the most part, the recommendations on the repetitions, the sets, the times, uh, are all based in single sets, are all based on sound scientific research um, that uh, uh, will benefit both the child and the parent. You know, and I did want to say one thing about um, adolescent obesity. I know we had had approached upon that earlier, but the thing is is that it's it's very important for parents to understand that uh, children are not obese and adults are not obese because they're lazy. They're not obese because they eat too much fat. Obesity is, an, is a disorder of excess fat accumulation. Okay. And what that means is, is that why is the body storing excess body fat from the, foods we eat, from the foods they're eating? We all know kids who seem to eat anything they want and they don't get right. over fat. And then there are kids right. who just don't seem to eat that much and they do get over fat. Right. There are children who are very active who are over fat. There are children who are not active who are lean. Right. So for us to continue to say, well, we've got to get kids to move more, we've got to get kids to eat less fat, as long as, we get, as long as we remain stuck in that paradigm paralysis, we are not going to be able to help our children, and adults for that matter, become leaner and solve the issue of adult and adolescent diabetes. So we've got we've got to be able to break away from that paradigm and say to and ask ourselves the question why do some people and children adults and children why do they accumulate excess body fat why is that happening and the main reason for that is uh, over secretion of insulin and or insulin resistance which is usually caused by eating too much sugar Okay. Now, now here's the thing. Sugar, of course, as we know, is soda pop. We know it's candy bars. We know it's Pop-Tarts. We know it's all those things. But right. what I think a lot of adults and uh, well-meaning parents don't realize is that there really isn't much of a difference between eating a Pop-Tart when it comes to sugar, eating a Pop-Tart, and eating whole wheat bread or eating a bowl of oatmeal. 
So what oh, we normally yeah. think of as healthy <laughs> is really just sugar in disguise. We've been marketed to believe that these foods are healthy and these foods are not. But what we're, what we're missing the point, on, point is, uh, is that sugar is sugar no matter what. When your body digests whole wheat bread or brown rice, it's no different than digesting a candy bar or a can of soda. Yes, a candy soda is not as a can of soda is not as healthy as brown rice, but that's not the point. The point is, is that when it gets digested, it's just sugar. And if we want our children to get leaner, we have got to stop the process of excess fat accumulation, which means we have to keep insulin levels low, which means that we have to understand that the most fattening foods that exist are sugars in all their forms. So when it will... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, ahead. it sounds like you're advocating a, a low-carbohydrate diet. Well, low-sugar diet. And if that means you're having to lower your carbohydrates, that would go hand-in-hand. Hand. Remember, carbohydrates are just sugar. It doesn't make any difference what kind you eat. And this is a paradigm paralysis that people have to snap out of. They have to understand that when they put, for example, a bowl of uh, uh, whole grain oat cereal in front of their child, and pour, which is a bowl of sugar, and then, they pour, and then they put skim milk on it, which is just liquid sugar. And then they put fruit on top, which is healthy, but it's sugar. And then they give the mm. child two slices of whole wheat toast with jelly on it. Even if it's homemade jelly, it's just sugar. And then you put a glass of orange juice in front of the child because, oh, it's healthy, vitamin C. But it's just a, it's just a glass of sugar. What you're doing just for breakfast alone is you are introducing in that breakfast that I've mentioned 70 times the amount of sugar that is circulating through a child's body. Wow. And that's just wow. for breakfast. That's, that's now, startling. That's startling. Right. Now, some children have more robust internal uh, uh, organ systems, meaning they can handle that amount of insulin secretion, and some children can't. Sooner or later, though, they will become insulin resistant. The pancreas, the beta cells in the pancreas can only spurt out pan, uh, insulin for so long. And that's why some children who eat a lot of sugar are overfat and some aren't. That's why some adults are, who eat a lot of sugar are overfat and some aren't. Some people smoke cigarettes and they never get cancer. But the fact of the matter is smoking causes cancer. And eating a lot of sugar causes insulin secretion, which leads to insulin resistance, which leads to obesity and diabetes. And we, we, we've got to, and oh, wow. with adults, let the buyer beware, but with children, it's no fair. We, we've yeah. got to stop saying, you know, the definition of insanity is if you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Right, exactly. Does, does exercise have any impact on the insulin uh, ratio? Does. It does. Um, it, you become more insulin sensitive through any type of exercise, uh, which is good. So when you do aerobic exercise, when you do strength training exercises, you definitely increase insulin sensitivity. There's no question about it. So children should absolutely be active, and they obviously should uh, resistance train because it's really, really good for them, uh, both for now and for later on in their, in their adult years. Um, sure. But the amount of uh, – but how it affects – insulin sensitivity compared to eating a low-sugar diet, it pales in comparison to eating a low-sugar diet. That's going to be the very best thing to, to do. And in the book, in my book, uh, Strong Kids, Healthy Kids, I mention eating a real food diet, trying to keep the sugars low and the healthy fats and proteins high. Um, yeah. So that's a, very, that's a very important component of strong kids, healthy kids. 
you know, what's so interesting is that we're really just chemical factories, and if we're going to look at ourselves that objectively, we might as well do the right chemistry for our laboratories to work in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really that's, that's it. bottom line. <laughs> that's yeah, bottom it's line. a very good way to put it. I agree with you 100. percent You really, you know, I, you know, like Carl, the late Carl Sagan said, "Science as a candle mm-hmm. in the dark." Mm-hmm. And right well now, said. so many of us are walking in the darkness. We're walking in our sleep when it comes to uh, diabetes and obesity, when the science behind the cure for it has been with us. We've known what to do since the 1960s and even before. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and um, it's just what's po- what gets popularized because we, it seems to be true is that um, obesity is caused by sloth and overindulgence in calories. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is not the case at I all. Think that, I think that exercise and eating properly is, is not just germane to the way you feel about your body or energy level. It, those are good enough. That's all you would need. Mm-hmm. But it is about mental health, and since I'm a psychologist, I always put this pitch in there, and I warned you, Fred. <laughs> but oh, sure, exercise no. has, a per- has a profound impact on anxiety, Indeed. depression, stress, self-esteem, not sure. only body image, but self-image, energy level, fatigue. And for children uh, who are dealing with a lot of stress in our society, both academically, sure. peer pressure, high incidence of divorce and separated families, uh, these children have a lot of stress in their lives. The exercise becomes a vehicle of not only focusing on something quite different and being productive in your life about helping your body, but it is also changing those chemicals in your body to help you mentally. This is vitally, this exercising component of a child's life is vitally important. And your passion in your book is intense. I loved it. Okay, thanks. How did you how did you move into having that much emotional passion? How can you turn on the passion side of parents that their child needs to be this 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 well trained body? Well, I would say that um, you know you only get one shot at youth, and if, and I would say that you know as a parent, I think I can speak for every parent that's out there. There is no greater love um, than the love for your child. Right. It just doesn't exist. Before we had kids, I loved my dog, but let me tell you, <laughs> it ain't even close. So yeah. um, understanding that and knowing, I think people often feel lost when they feel like there's just no hope or there's just no cure or we just don't know what it is. Like when, you know, God forbid someone gets breast cancer. It's just no one knows what to do. How do we prevent mm-hmm. it? And there's a lot, and there's ongoing search and, and money being spent to find that out. But when it comes to obesity and ill health and diabetes, we have the answer. There's no need to worry. And, and right. when we realize that that's out there, that can give a parent a lot of energy and a lot of uh, vim and vigor to, to go about um, altering the kitchen, especially, number mm. one, and what's mm. in that kitchen. It should be real food. I, I like to say if it, mm. if it walked, crawled, flew, or swam, it's good or grew. It's good to eat. Or grew. Oh, it's grew, good to eat. yeah. But there's no such thing as a bagel tree. <laughs> no such thing as a pizza bush. Live food. Eat, eat live calories because that produces right. life inside you. Eat dead calories, it produces death inside you. Right. Yeah. And you just have to, and, I, and you know, if other parents say, well, it's so hard. My husband and I, we both work. We have to get up at six. You know what I say to them? I don't care. That's <laughs> tough. Tough on you. You 
brought these children into the world. You get up at 5, again, go to bed early, turn off the TV, stop reading your novel so you can get up an hour early so that you can make that child bacon and eggs or you can make that child, let's say, almond flour pancakes, which are high in protein and low in sugar, or you can make the child whatever it is that's real, whatever you child likes and you want. But if it comes in a box, if it's made by a manufacturer, more often than not, it does not belong in your child's body. And, and the thing is, it's actually cheaper. People say, well, it's so expensive to eat that way. I say, yeah, compare the price of a box of, of, a box of Captain Crunch to a dozen eggs. Right. You scramble up your kid an egg or maybe two. That's a lot less expensive than two or three bowls of that cereal with the skim milk and all the other stuff that you're selling. And, uh, you know, we don't have any grain products in our house at all. Interesting. Zero. Not even, not even whole grains, not even where the kernel and all of the encasement that has all those nutrients, none of that. And, only, and at, you might know none of that, but the thing is, is what I've That's learned, is that the only way you get the nutrients from the grains, even if they're whole, is if they're sprouted. Yes. That's a real okay. pain in the neck to have to do. But if you want to do this, you can, but it's a lot easier to not have to go through any of that and just feed the child some fish in the morning, some chicken in the morning, some eggs in the morning, some beef in the morning, uh, you know, so like I said, some almond flour pancakes. In my book, there's some great recipes yes, uh, from there real are. parents, and they're from parents who, we've, who are clients here, who are, whose children are clients here, who we've talked about and they've adapted their kitchens and their diets to create recipes specifically for that. And I've, so none of the recipes that are in that book are from some highfalutin recipe book somewhere. They're all from real parents with, who, who are clients here. They look delicious. I can barely wait to try the almond pancakes. They're good. They're really that's good. good. That's, that's going to be a hit. How can we get in touch with you, Fred? I have some of it on my different sites, but how can they get in touch with you, call you, Email oh, you. Sure. Go, I, to, go to your, your gym. Go yeah, I mean, there are many different ways. I mean, uh, am I allowed to say my email address? or? Absolutely. If you want them to contact you, sure. whatever they, way you want them to contact you. All right. They can email me directly at F as in Fred Hahn, H-A-H-N, at SeriousStrength.com. And that's my personal email address, and I have I will answer each and every email that I get from any of you listening. I, I always do, and I always will. Wonderful. Um, and, uh, or you can visit the website, which is strongkidshealthykids.com. And uh, there's a lot of information there as well. Um, and uh, if you go to seriousstrength.com, both of those websites, seriousstrength.com and strongkidshealthykids.com, have our number here at the gym. And we're in Manhattan on the Upper West Side, and if anyone's interested, and I'll, I'll offer this gift, which is anyone who calls in and heard your show. And Wonderful. And in bringing their children here, uh, anyone who comes in will get a complimentary initial consultation and first workout for Strong Kids Healthy Kids. Lovely. And what, what's the address of your, of your gym? Uh, the gym is 169 West 78th Street, lower level, okay. yep. uh, New York, New York, 10024. Wonderful. Now we know how to get you. So when I come from L.A. into New York, we're walking into your gym, Fred. Please do. Please do. <laughs> it's been delightful talking to you. I encourage everybody to go out, not only get this book, but contact Fred, but most importantly, help your children be strong, healthy, and happy. Best to you all. Thank you, Fred. Okay, thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over and by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.